Our reading this morning is from Genesis 32, verses 22 to 31, the story that Donna was talking about with the kids. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hey, another Jacob. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. This story is one that um, when you're prepping for it, there's so much. All of the commentaries, theologians want to just get in there, and there's so many. Is it an angel? Is it God? Is it a water deity that's in the area? Is it Esau's spirit that comes and wrestles with him before that? Is it his own um, is it his own soul that he's wrestling with? I mean, literally, you can take it from one end to the other end. And it's a, basically, we know that he's by himself. And then suddenly, he is wrestling for his life. And he wrestles all night long until the sun breaks, which I just can't imagine. And when I was reading it, I realized that this story is talking not about him emotionally wrestling with a struggle, but it's talking about him physically doing the exertion of wrestling. And that is something that I never think about, because when I think about this story, my mind automatically switches it to an emotional or a psychological wrestling. I never think about the physical toll of wrestling for hours on end. And then I thought, what? how would I even think about that? And then it dawned on me that I'm married to Eric. <laughs> Eric and I have known each other forever. But we actually met when I was 15 and Eric was 16 in high school, and we were with a group of friends, that Eric's group. And Eric's group of friends used to hang out at our friend's house, the Cashions, and they had a pool. And they invented this game called Kill Ball which was 
water polo, which meets ultimate wrestling, which meets drowning your opponent till they cough up the ball. And they would play this game for hours. Something trying to do to show off to their girlfriends or ignoring us, I'm not quite sure which. But then when they were done, they literally would fall down and not move. <clears throat> and they were exhausted. So when we wanted to go out to see a movie afterwards, they'd be like, we played kale ball, we can't move. And that would be it. And that would be only after like two hours. So I can't imagine what it would be like wrestling for eight hours with God. It just is amazing that he would have the tenacity, the power to do that. He wanted something so bad. And what was it that he wanted? Here he was. Now, we know Jacob the trickster, the guy that we love so much. So let's kind of do the setting. So Jacob the trickster wanted to be the firstborn so bad that while he was in utero, in the birth canal coming out, he grabbed his brother's ankle and tried to grab, pull him back, or his heel, and tried to pull him back, which had to be so much fun for Rebecca, and tried to pull him back and came out second, hanging onto that heel. Then, when he was older and his brother was starving from supposedly hunting, he told his brother he can only have soup if he gave him his birthright. Needless to say, that isn't a legal exchange of power, so he didn't really get the birthright. But then, when he got a little bit older and his dad was on his deathbed and the final blessing had to happen, Rebecca knew that Jacob was supposed to be the one blessed because God told her. Remember, God said, your youngest one will lead. So she dresses Jacob up in goat skin so that when Isaac feels his arms, he'll feel hairy like his oldest son. The story is so bizarre all the way around. And so Isaac feels his arms and gives him the oldest son's blessing. At that time, Esau walks in. This is like a bad soap opera, isn't it? Esau walks in, sees what's happening. The blessing can't be undone. Once you give a blessing, that's it. You can't undo a blessing. He knows he can't get the blessing. Dad kind of gives him a half blessing. And so Esau curses his brother and then threatens to kill him. And Jacob runs for his life. Well, now Jacob has two wives, two what they call in the Bible servant wives, which are slave women that he got pregnant tons of um, animals, all kinds of um, possessions. He's very wealthy. But he's got to get away from his father-in-law, who he stole a lot of this stuff from. So he's heading back home to Big Bro. But he has no idea what he's going to find there. He only knows that it's marginally safer than what he's got waiting for him back there with father-in-law. So here we're at. Once he crosses the river, he's in Esau's land. He's on Esau's territory. So he sends everything he owns first. Then he sends his children. Then he sends his servant wives. Then he sends his 
um, wife, Leah, who he's kind of like, eh, kind of like her. Then he sends Rachel, his beloved. And then he's all by himself. So you can look at it as he sent everything he's owned as a buffer between him and Esau, and then he's going to go over. Or you can look at it as he sent everything across, and then he stayed back by himself, and we don't know why. Because in the book of Genesis, there were no video cameras. We kind of forget that in this day and age. There, there were no button cams. There was no surveillance. There were no in-depth reporters running around. We just have the story from what Jacob told us. And all we know is that for whatever reason, Jacob decided that everybody else had to go away from him and cross that river completely. And they left him alone. And the weird part is, is Jacob has always been, I want to be the prince. I want to be the king. I want to be in charge of everybody. And suddenly, he doesn't want even a servant to stay back with him. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. So he's in absolute darkness, and I'm a city girl. So I get 20 miles out into the country, and I'm astounded about how dark it is. But... Dark, dark, dark. We're talking dark. So there's just him and a little fire, and he is dark and alone. And basically, according to the story, he gets jumped by something. And he starts wrestling for his life. And we wonder what that is. And there's all kinds of things it could be. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to posit my own theory. What if he got jumped by depression? What if this was the time that he thought, you know, I haven't done a good thing ever? What if this was the time that he thought, you know, I have messed up. I have managed to mess up being a brother. I've managed to mess up being a husband. He didn't even realize he wasn't making love to his own wife on his wedding night. I mean, come on. He's managed messing up being a brother. He's managed messing up being a son. He's managed messing up being a father. He's managed messing up being a son-in-law. What if while he was sitting there in the dark, he thought, you know, I'm going to send him all over that river. Esau can take care of him. I'm going to stay back here in the dark. They'll be better off without me. Isn't that the story of people that attempt? Isn't that the story of many people that attempt? That's not something people talk about with Jacob. That's not something that people bring up with that wrestling that Jacob was doing nonstop. Because why, when God came and started wrestling with Jacob, did God never break Jacob? He had the power to do it. 
God could have broken Jacob anytime he wanted. We've got omnipotent God. He's all powerful. He made the earth in seven days. He brought up mountains and brought down oceans. He could have broken Jacob, and he didn't. And towards the end of the only thing that Jacob wanted out of this wrestling match is he decided is he wanted a blessing. He wanted one blessing that he didn't steal, he didn't connive, he wanted a blessing because he wrestled for it, he deserved it, he got it. He wrestled all night long and he finally made it through on his own merits and God gave him that blessing. And God gave him that blessing and God also changed his name, why? Because he saw the face of God. Now that's funny, because in the story it always says that it's so dark he couldn't see anything. And remember, God even says, I've got to leave before dawn when he would have been able to see the face of God. But God says, your name now is changed to Israel because you've wrestled and seen the face of God. Now, I'm going to go back to the whole suicide thing. When you're fighting that, when you're struggling with that, when God gets into that equation and you're getting down and dirty and you're fighting with that, there are times you get so close that you actually do see the face of God and you're going back and forth and you're tumbling, and you're fighting, and there's times that you're saying, I want to die, and there's times that God's saying no, and there's times that you're saying yes, and there's times that God is saying, you're mine. And when you finally get through that, you're changed. Now, I know most of you know, I would say 90% of you know, that my daughter Jamie's story is that. My daughter Jamie's story as she saw the face of God and she truly became justified in her faith when she walked back into church after she finally got out of in-house treatment and she was met by the love of God. Her church family loved her. Nobody looked at her and said, oh, you're dirty, you're broken. They all said, you're beloved. Welcome back. We love you. And Jamie said she finally saw the face of God. When she walked into Kingswood United Methodist Church with a pastor for a mother and youth pastor for a father, she had never seen the face of God until she walked into that church with a congregation that turned as one and hugged her home and showed her the face of God by saying, we love you, we're just so glad you're back. And she saw the face of God and became beloved. She doesn't walk with a limp, but she definitely has been physically changed. In your own congregation here, you have an amazing young woman, Riley Martin. Last year, battled with God. 
wrestled with God, fought with God many times. Wow. She wrestled for hours. She wrestled for days. It was close. She didn't want to win, and God fought her tooth and nail. She was in-house. She was out-house. She was in-house. She was long-term. God did not let her go, and she battled tooth and nail, and that wrestling went on for months. And when she finally walked away with God's blessing, she limps. But she knows that she saw the face of God because when she walked back into your congregation, she was met with love. When she walked back in and she was a participant in your dinner theater, people loved her and welcomed her home and hugged her and told her how great she was doing. And nobody said, we know that you did something that was awful. Instead, we said, oh my God, it's so glad that you're back. And you know how we know that she has been blessed by God? Because like Jacob, with her new name of blessed by God, she has taken this wrestling match and she said, I am now blessed by God and I am going forward and I'm going to help build this kingdom of God in the world, just like Israel did. And so when the health care issue came up, your Israel wrote an op-ed piece in your paper. And she talked about her wrestling. And she talked about how she attempted suicide. And the only reason she's here today is because she had all of these health options. And that she had inpatient care and long-term care and that she has medication. And that if she didn't, she wouldn't be here today. And she lays it all out here. She lays it out how she wrestled and how she struggled and how it was not an easy thing and how she is changed by that today. She walks with a limp. Praise God. She walks with a limp. She knows how, who she is because of what God did for her. She's a changed person. And because of that, she's raising her voice so that others have the opportunity to walk with a limp as well. And she called out those who said that it wasn't important to have mental health facilities available for everyone. And she called out those who said it wasn't important to have insurance for everyone. And she called them out by name. And what was more important is she said, I voted for you. And you've disappointed me. These are my brothers and my sisters. And these are people that if they do not get insurance and they die, they are on your head. That is your Israel. You helped her become Israel because when she came home, you showed her that she is beloved of God, and you welcomed her. And she knew that truly she was blessed. 
You allowed her to see that she was blessed by God. You allowed her to see that that wrestling match ended with a blessing by God because you were here for her to show her that everything that she did ended up with a blessing. And now she has taken that and she has shown it to the world that I will be a nation builder for God and make sure that others out there that follow me that have to wrestle this way will not do so without all of the benefits that I needed to overcome my wrestling match. And she stood up proud and strong and said, this was my weak point. I'm doing that, aren't I? This was my weak point. This was the point where I almost fell. This was the point. Continued to wrestle and wrestle all night long. And then God blessed me and gave me you. And you helped me to see that that blessing made me stronger. And even though I might have a limp for the rest of my life, I'm going to help nation build. And I'm going to bring others across this river. And we're going to be stronger and better and continue to do God's work in this world to bring God's kingdom to pass, just as we've been called to do. Amen.